let's dig right in. All right, is that cool? We're just gonna, no segue, no story to make you laugh. Not that I normally tell stories that make you laugh and more make you sit in awkward silence and kind of giggle to yourself sometimes if I'm lucky, all right. Last week, we uh, were in our second week of Back to Basics. All right, two weeks ago, we kicked off this series, Back to Basics, and uh, I can't recap it. We don't have time today. There is a, uh, a podcast, Ethos Podcast, where two weeks ago I introed, and then last week, we introduced the first Christian practice, which is prayer, and I taught for a record amount of time, which is why I cannot recap it today, <laughs> but uh, it was 51 minutes. Can we just like say shout out for me teaching somehow 51? Uh, our, our guy, the Uplift Podcast, uh, sent me a message and was like, dude, I just edited it and cut it, and it was 51 minutes, and I was like, sheesh, you guys are troopers for... Anyone that came back, just much thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, all right? Um, all right, so um, briefest recap ever. The idea behind this teaching series, Back to Basics, Christian Practices, is that um, we are oversaturated with information, um, but undersaturated with participation. And so I believe that uh, we are tired of information. It's either overwhelming or underwhelming, one of the two. It's usually not satisfying. Um, but that information plus Participation is what will lead to the transformation that we thirst for, the change we actually wanna see in our lives. And so every week we're gonna introduce a Christian practice and talk about the why of that Christian practice, the theology maybe you would say, um, but why do we do it? And then the second week we're gonna talk about how do we do it, all right? And last week I started prepping us, all right? For the past two weeks I've been prepping us, hey, get ready, because when we get into the participation week, we're gonna participate together, all right? We've done the thing where I talk at you for a while and I think that's useful, but remember the statistics we broke down? When I'm talking at you, you got a 20% shot of reminding, of remembering what I say with the Holy Spirit's help, let's bump it up to 50, all right? Let's just, let's just be generous, okay? Um, but when we actually participate together, when we discuss with each other, we have a 70% ch chance of retaining what we're talking about. And so today is the bold step of participation and we're gonna waste no time taking the step, all right? Take a deep breath, here it comes. I'm about to invite you, and maybe I even am inviting you right now to circle up. <laughs> you see me being scared. All right, here we go, here it comes, here it comes. I'm at the edge of the cliff, about to cliff jump into the water, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump. I'm just planning it out, I'm gonna get there, all right? So we're gonna circle up into groups of three to five. Before we do that, the number three to five is really important. You're gonna be tempted if you came in a group of seven to just all get in a circle. Here's the deal. We're gonna have a limited amount of time in this space on Sundays, okay? So uh, the more people we have, um, the more hurried we feel to give answers, right? Like, okay, I'll give my, like, this, like, vulnerable moment. I'll, I'll say it for, like, seven seconds, then we have to move on because we don't have time, right? We wanna avoid that if we can. And so just know, if you, if you uh, break the kind of the rule I'm trying to set of three to five, um, it's gonna hurt our chances to really share slowly and really listen to what others are saying. Um, so I want us right now to get in circles. Remember, this is our living room. Watch out for coffee on the ground, all right? We have at least one spill a week and it's totally okay. Um, but get in circles of three to five right now. If there's someone you don't know, be bold. Reach out to them, hey, say, get in our group. So circle up in groups of three to five. Move your chairs around. Like, literally, move chairs out of the way. Circle up. Hey, make a mess, it's all right. You're doing great. 
You're doing great. All right, you're already doing this, but if you're with someone you don't know, introduce yourself. What's your name? Where are you from? How'd you get to Nashville? Go for it. We're going to do this for about one minute, and then we're going to dig in. One minute, then we're going to dig in. Amazing. Three to five everywhere. Love it. You're doing good. Awkwardly look at me when you're done. It's great. You've done a great job so far. By the end of this, you're going to be friends. It's great. Hey, introduce yourself faster, all right? We got to get going. I already hear stories being told, which is beautiful, but not right now, all right? Don't be too good of friends yet, all right? All right, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Amazing. I hope I have to interrupt you every time. That means things are hopefully going kind of well, all right? Um, I'm just kidding. I think today's gonna be great. I keep talking out of, it's gonna be amazing. It's already amazing. Your lives have already been transformed. So just a, just a little bit of participation. All right, so a couple of ground rules for circling up, being friends, okay? We need to accept and embrace that we're different people coming from different experiences, all right? And so this is not your time to advocate um, for your belief system, or if someone says something that feels off or weird, it's not your time to change their mind or change their heart, okay? So let's be good listeners because I want this to be a time where we can actually be honest and talk about what's really on our hearts. And so we need to feel safe to do that. So if someone shares something honest, and it's just real, and you don't quite understand it, or you don't quite believe the same thing, like you just nod your head, hey, thanks for sharing. All right, does that make sense? So we're not like advocating for our own belief systems here, okay? We're just gonna listen. We're gonna share out of our hearts. I think that's gonna be helpful, all right? If, something, if someone shares something like worrisome, you know, come and find me and we'll talk about it. Like, it's okay, you know? But, you know, just be, be sweet, be receptive. Okay, um, first question to start us off, all right, with your newly found best friends. What was your experience with prayer growing up? So not necessarily right now, but just growing up, when you thought of prayer, what did you think of? What did you see? What was prayer like growing up? I'm gonna give us like four to five minutes here. Just share, get acquainted, but just share with one another. What was your experience like with prayer growing up? And then I'll call us back in and we'll dig into some stuff, all right? Go for it. All right, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Man, we didn't have enough time to share. Go get lunch, all right? Hang out. Be friends. Uh, anytime you feel like I didn't give you enough time, that's just an invitation for y'all to go deeper outside of Sundays, am I right? The church is seven days a week. Can I get an amen? I was both truthful and I was kind of kidding. Um, all right. So uh, I want to talk through a few things, okay? We're going to talk about some practices with prayer, some of the practicals that go around that on both an individual and a communal level. All right, um, you'll know, my pace will be similar to last week in that I, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna try to speak clearly, but it might feel a little quick. I'd encourage you to take notes. Anything you don't get, I got it. And so if there's anything you miss and you wanna talk about or can't remember, just come talk to me. I will literally email you my notes, okay? Um, so let's talk about prayer on the individual level, all right? Prayer on the individual level. And before I address some prayer practices, I actually wanna talk through some practicals first. I, for the life of me, could not figure out what order to go in. I think this one works, we'll figure it out, all right? So let's talk about some prayer 
practicals. So before you even dig into prayer, some things to consider, okay? Um, If some of this feels obvious, that's kind of the point. I want this to feel simple, all right? So first of all, establishing a prayer rhythm, all right? So first things first, making time in the first place, all right? Connecting with God is like talking to anyone else. It requires your time and attentiveness, all right? Your time and attentiveness. It is so easy to underestimate the calendar. The calendar has a life of its own, especially in a culture that revolves around the clock. Like there's some cultures that don't do this. We do this. We are very aware of what time it is, what's coming up. I got coffee here, class here, work here. You know what I mean? We all feel this, whether we feel it on the front of our minds or it's more of like an intuitive thing. We all feel the time and the schedule we're under. Um, So prayer is something we need to be uh, intentional about placing into the rhythms of our life. Um, Now, I wanna be clear, prayer is always available, right? In the car, at work, you can always pray. I think what I'm mentioning here is setting aside a, a space of intentional like solitude, like being alone with the Lord to talk and to listen. And in order to do this, we need to be aware of our calendars. For some of this, for some of us here, we need to be aware of our week because our Monday through Friday, it's pretty much the same thing and our weekend is as well. So if you're like, man, I got the classic nine to five, you can go, whatever I implement on Monday, I can probably implement on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. Some of us go, man, I'm a part-time employee, I'm a part-time student, my Monday and my Wednesday are drastically different, or my Monday and Tuesday are drastically different. And so I think if, if you skip the step of just looking at the rhythms of your life, you'll find yourself trying prayer and being like, why am I so undisciplined? Why am I so bad at this? And part of it may be that you're learning, right? You're just, you're just cultivating a heart of prayer. But part of it may be you haven't actually taken time to just look at the rhythms of your life. It's like, man, every time I try to pray, I'm tired. Well, it's because you've had a full day of work and you've never thought that by the time it's 10 p.m., you're wore out. Like, sit back and strategically look at your calendar, okay? Um, you know, Mark 135 talks about how Jesus while it was still dark, went to a a desolate place early in the morning to be alone with God. Um, That was strategic. Jesus knew when the disciples wake up, I got some discipleship to work on, right? And then they're gonna wanna go out into the town. We're gonna go out into the towns. We're trying to spread the word. We're trying to spread the gospel. Like the demands of ministry were real. By the end of the day, I imagine Jesus had no problem falling asleep. But he knew early in the morning, I'm an early riser, right? Some parents know this life. That's my best time to get to a desolate place of solitude with the Father, okay? So um, I would encourage you as you're establishing a prayer rhythm uh, to identify a time when you're the most alert, right? So some of you go, man, I'm really free at 10 p.m. I'm also really asleep then. So maybe not schedule it then, right? Um, I found that it's really important to do this when you're most alert. I'm a night owl. So for me, nighttime is actually my most attentive. No matter how tired I am, some reason when 7 p.m. rolls around, I'm awake. I'm just like, all right, I'm good. I've got another five hours in me, right? And so nighttime for me can often be a time of a really strong time with the Lord, being alone with God. That makes sense, okay? So Pay attention to when you're most alert. For some of you, you're gonna have to create this time. You're looking at your schedule and you've left no room for it. Um, And and I don't know what to tell you other than you're gonna have to cut some things out so that you can implement this into your life. It might be a factor of replacement, of just cutting out in general. Okay, I don't don't know what it's gonna look like, but do that strategically. Um, So uh, I wanna give you an action step. For the next 20 seconds, all right, because of time, pull out your phone right now and write down 
at least on a Monday, when is the best time for you to pray? Just in the rhythm of your life, write down. If you go, my Monday through Friday is the same, then on Monday through Friday, when is the best time for you to pray? If it all changes, get as many days down as you can. I'm gonna leave us about 20, 30 seconds. Just go ahead and be aware of it. What is the optimal time? And if you already know this, write it down anyway. Remind your brain of when the best time to pray is. For me, I'm learning that um, as a single man, nighttime was like my time to shine. But now that I'm married, it's a little harder to do that at nighttime. So I'm trying my best to become an early bird and my flesh is waging war. But I'm on my way. I'm working, right? Early mornings for me, I gotta take that Mark 135 advice, that, uh, that dark, desolate place before everybody else wakes up, right? Everybody else, just my wife, Leah. All right. Anyway, write it down. All right. Uh, keep writing it down if you, if you wanna keep brainstorming, but I'm gonna keep moving. So we talked about prayer rhythm. I wanna talk about another practical, prayer posture, all right? The posture, that you're and I'm talking about physical posture right now, okay? Not like a spiritual meta thing, all right? So what we are doing when we pray can really have an effect on the time of prayer itself, all right? Our bodies can sometimes, if not all the time, send a message to ourselves about how ready to pray we actually are, right? So when our bodies, they can kind of communicate for us. So Pay attention to your ability to enter into intentional time with God as you try different things. So I'm gonna give you some examples, okay? Some of you go, when I get on my knees, right, just classic on my knees praying, that is when I can just, I am the most focused and attentive, I'm receptive, I'm listening, I'm praying, on my knees is good. Some of you go, when I sit still, my brain is at its most distracted. My brain does not sit still when I do, right? That's me. So for some of you, you've never tried walking, just going on a walk outside, or if you have a big enough room, just doing laps. You can find me doing laps when I'm praying because when I walk, do you ever like, you know, call up the crush in sophomore year of high school and you're on the phone, you're like, why do I love pacing when I'm on the phone? Because it helps, anyone else, does anyone else pace when they're on the phone? That really helps. I learned, I'm like, wait, my brain focuses better on conversation. I don't have time to be as anxious or scared or try to drop the smooth line that will never be smooth, right? Like walking helps me like chill out a little bit. And I've learned that really translated into prayer. And so if you go, man, I, I'm trying to sit still and do the like meditative like God, I'm trying to eat, but I'm so distracted. Try walking, all right? Some of you go, man, I need to lay down like on my face. I have some friends that just like to like straight up just sprawl out on the carpet and just like lay down face down. And that's a place of humility. Like their body is communicating like submission, right? So that helps them as they're praying. So um, some people just sit up with a good posture, back straight, healthy, good, deep breaths. That helps them pray, helps them be attentive. So I would encourage you to try different things. Um, I wrote this down, thought it, thought it sounded nice. A lazy posture might communicate lazy prayer, all right? I've noticed that. Like when I'm like at nighttime, even though I'm a night owl, if I'm like laying down, like chilling, like, all right, Lord, let's just talk for a little bit. Like I'm just talking myself to sleep, right? Because that kind of just lazy. So I have to kind of be in an attentive posture. Um, so pay attention. An attentive posture uh, might help you have an attentive prayer, all right? So prayer rhythm, prayer posture. Now let's talk about prayer environment. 
okay? Are we with me so far? We're doing all right? We're doing all right? All right, let's let's keep going through it, okay? Prayer environment. So we all agree there are different environments for different things, right? Let's just agree that that's true, right? The coffee shop is good for those one-on-one conversations, maybe a little homework, maybe a little reading, um, as opposed to like a library. That's not a social place. It's a place of work. Unless you were at Lila at Belmont, we can get that place hyped sometimes. And people did not appreciate how hyped we would get in that library. So, because it wasn't the place. It's the wrong environment, right? Um, We agree this. Concerts, it's a place to sing really loud and proud. As a culture, we acknowledge different environments for different things. I have found that setting the environment around me can be a real helpmate for me as I seek to talk with the Lord. And I underestimated that growing up. I didn't consider that, okay? So my personal story, I really found this groove when I played a soft, non-distracting instrumental, all right? When I'm driving in the car, it's straight up hip hop and rap. All right, and it's gospel stuff, and it's not even cheesy, it's really good. But when I'm trying to pray, I'm trying to pray and be with the Lord, I, get, I literally get a Bluetooth speaker and I'll play just a soft instrumental, right? That, 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 that kind of like soft noise helps my brain focus for some reason, okay? And I'll light a candle. Uh, I had a religion professor who would always light a candle. And he'd say it was to remind us that the Holy Spirit is present, that even in the silence, you could see that flame just slowly moving back and forth. And so when you see that, just remember the Holy Spirit is here, He's present, there's life in this place. So I'll play some soft music, I'll light a candle, um, and and I'll begin just being with God, talking to him. Sometimes I have a journal, I'll write down some things, but there's something being communicated when I set an environment for myself, all right? This isn't every time, but a lot of times when I do that, it helps me enter into prayer. It almost is like telling me, okay, yeah, this is a, a holy moment, a time for me. So that works for me, it might work for you just an idea. Um, maybe for you, you're like, man, I like to hike, to get out in nature, to get to a place where it's just quiet. I hear the wind. I see the trees. It helps me realize God's creativity, how beautiful it is. Like, and I can finally hear myself think for the first time without hearing a semi-truck on the highway, right? That may be you. I, I, would, consider, I would consider that. Um, maybe for you, it's sitting in a park at a dinner table. Maybe some, I've heard people have prayer rugs. Like that, that helps them just to have a space that they identify. When I'm in this place, I am praying. I've seen prayer benches. Uh, But all this to be said, um, I encourage you to consider the environment. Um, My wife is really good at the driving to work and praying thing. She can really like hone in as she drives. That is not for me. I'm a competitive driver. I get sinful. (laughs) I need to pray when I'm driving, but I don't a lot of the times, right? And so, um, but, but just test it out. Pay attention to where your heart is connecting with Holy Spirit, all right? Pay attention to where you're like, God, I'm receptive, I'm receptive, and give it time, okay? All right, Um, most likely this place should probably be quiet. Uh, It's probably a good idea. Um, Minimalize the distractions. Like like if you're easily distracted, get to a place where that's gonna be minimalized. Um, And then I wanna encourage you here on the environment. As distractions come, I read this example that really helped me. Treat distractions like a cloud in the sky on a windy day. The cloud comes and goes, and you're not mad at it, right? It's like, that's what clouds do. They just kind of blow away. Let the distractions do that. Don't be discouraged by distractions. Don't be like, oh, I can't focus. I'm so sorry, God. Like, don't do that. Like, when the distractions come, we're distracted. That's okay. Let it go. You're all right. All right. Love you. Um, All right. So pray everywhere, but for this chunk of, like, intimate time with God, consider the environment. Okay. Oh, God, we gotta keep moving. All right, here we go. All right, prayer practices on the individual level. Let's talk about the practice of prayer. So I've talked to you about some practicals to consider, all right? Let's get into some practice. 
when you're praying, I'm just gonna give an order of prayer that I have found to be super fruitful in my life. Um, something that I've actually heard uh, Dave say. Dave's here today, he's in that white shirt right there. That's Dave, what's up? Something that he said that, yeah. Hey, shout out, <laughs> like a baseball player hit the home run. Hey, yeah, the man upstairs, I do not call him that. God, I'm so sorry. Anyway, focus. Um, all right, so um, something I've heard him say, it's actually really helpful. When we're explaining things of, of, of spiritual elements, uh, we don't believe in formulas. Uh, we're all different. The Holy Spirit interacts differently. God's, God is creative and complex and mysterious, and he interacts with all of us. So what I'm about to say is a framework it's not a formula. It's not like if you do this, this, and this, you will experience the manifest presence of God, right? I believe there is, there is the presence of God to be experienced, but treat all of this as a framework, not a formula, okay? So praying on a personal level. I found this order to be impactful in my journey with God. When you talk to the Lord, start with gratitude and declaring your love for God. Start there. When you enter into prayer, start with gratitude. Thank you, thank you, and declaring your love for the Lord, okay? Um, I would just encourage you to do this. Um, in Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, the step of gratitude gives perspective a lot of times when we come into prayer, uh, it, it's, this is the real world. We're coming in hurting. There, there's things we're experiencing, depending on what day it is. We might come into to prayer going, this has been the best day, but on the harder days, we can come in and, and we're just like, we're lean and cynical. We're lean and hurt. We're leaning wounded. And I think just practicing gratitude, at least in my own spiritual journey, has helped me get perspective on what life really is, on what's really going on. It doesn't make the pain go away, the hurt, but it helps me see it clearly, if that makes sense, as you practice this. And I would encourage you on some days, say thank you for one or two things and like go into detail about why you're so thankful. And on other days, I would let that list roll. Imagine a scroll just unrolling and just going all the way to the door, like a hundred, a thousand, just thank you for this, 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 and this. And as you do that, pay attention to what your heart does. It's special. It's special when we thank God for who he is. Um, declare your love for him. Remind yourself and God that you love him. Make a habit of this. There's a moment in, in Mark where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he addresses his father in the, just the toughest moment of his life and the first word is Abba. This like intimate, like you love me, I love you. Like not boss, not king, like Abba. Like remind yourself and remind God, hey, I love you. I'm bringing some stuff into this. I love you. That's the first thing. So I'd really encourage, I've seen this go to war spiritually in a really neat way. When I haven't felt like it. Like when you got a friend or someone you're dating or you're married, learn to say I love you when you don't quite feel it, you learn that's actually a really good practice. It really helps unlock some things in your heart. Same thing with prayer. Does that make sense? Hope it does. Next thing, confess. So gratitude, declare love, and then, and then move to confession. Listen, you're gonna pray and the order's gonna go all out of whack and that's okay, but this order's helpful to me. Confess sin. 1 John 1, 8 through 9 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit, talked about how it's called the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit will reveal sin. He functions that way in order to help us remove anything preventing unity, all right? Confession gives us this like clean slate with God. 
Like, okay, it helps us connect with God. It doesn't make us more worthy, it does make us more connected, all right? Same thing with the friend. When there's tension, until you get it out there, right, you just feel the thing. There's a thing in between you two. So I'd say a really good step um, with God is confession. If you go, what do I confess? Ask God. Psalm 139, 23 says, search my heart. Know me. Tell me what's going on, Lord. What's going on? Where have I been sinful? I know I'm not perfect, like, just show me. Some of you go, man, I walk into prayer and I know like with a split, I, I knew before I started praying what I had to confess, so that's a good place to start, right? But if you're going, what do I talk about? Like, ask God, God, is there anything in my heart? Is there anything you wanna show me? Anything I need to get out of the way before we get into really talking to each other, okay? Next, move into request and honesty, all right? At Philippians 4, let your request be made known to God. Man, tell God, what do you need? What are your desires? What are some areas of growth? Who are you praying for? And do this in honesty, all right? Look no further than the Psalms to see some honesty. God, where are you? You gonna forsake me forever? Man, you're so good that we worship you. Remember who you are, God of Jacob? Like you get this like just honest, like man, I've been like tossing and toiling. I've been trying to sleep and I can't. Like what's going on? And you really see all this honesty. Jesus in the garden, like take this cup. Real talk, Father, Abba, I love you. Like, your will be to take the cup, if you will, right? Like, I'm down for that if you're down for that, right? And somewhere along the way, I think we can miss the, just the important element of honesty with God. And I have seen my, my spiritual journey, my spiritual life with God take off when I began wrestling with doubts with God, right? Not going, oh, shoot, I'm doubting. I'll get back to that in a little bit when this works out, right? But bringing it to God, this hurts, I'm doubting this, it's frustrating, like, I really want this, why are you not giving it to me, give me, give me, give me, like, be honest. Talk to the Lord, okay? So as you make your request, be honest before the Lord, all right? So after your request and your honesty, end it with worship, all right? Notice, I keep going back to this prayer in the garden because I think it's incredible. Jesus says, Abba, Remove this cup from me, not my will, your will be done. Jesus does not hold back his honesty with his father, but he ends it with going, I know that your will is best, not just for me, for the world. Like, not just for me, for everyone around me. So I've had my honesty, I've had my transparency, I'm asking you for things, but I'm praying for her, I'm praying for him, we wanna see your glory, Lord, like work on this, will you give me, I'm kinda wanting this promotion, will you give it to me, but hey, hey, not my will, your will be done. Your will is best, I worship you, you are king, you are father, end in worship, all right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I got a lot I want to talk about. I felt this all week and all morning, so here we go. All right, other individual prayer practices, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through them, okay? Consider, when you don't know what to pray, praying scripture. Uh, Matthew 6, Jesus says, hey, when you pray, it's a good place to start. He goes, when you pray, pray like this, all right? Our Father who art in heaven, that prayer. So if I don't know what to pray today, like I'm faint of heart or I'm distracted, whatever, I consider you, start at Matthew 6, read a psalm, uh, look up a passage that you can just pray to God and go slow, like our Father, what's that mean? Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, what is that? Like go slow as you pray scripture directly. I've seen this be very powerful. When I don't have the words, man, scripture is powerful when I'm praying scripture. Even if you do have the words, that's a great practice. 
Um, you can make it your own words. Like, so you think about Ephesians 6, like the armor of God. Like, All right, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interact with you on this. God, will you give me the helmet of salvation? Will you just like, do that? Like, you can turn it into your own. Like Matthew 6, I can directly quote that passage and I just like am just praying the actual scripture. But there's some passages where I just wanna interact with this and, and put me into this passage. So pray in your own words or directly quote whichever one. Another way to pray is to simply sit down and ask God what he wants to talk about. Like, God, what do you wanna bring up in my heart? What are you inviting me to pray for? This is a weird for us. The controller in us won't like this as much, uh, but the Holy Spirit will love it. Um, just going, God, is there anything that you want me to pray for that I haven't thought of? It's not on my radar. We just, is there anybody, anything, any dream? What's going on? Just ask Holy Spirit to give you vision. Um, pray as you go and enter places. Places of work, the gym, restaurants, pray. God, I'm going in here. Here's who I know in here. Will you lead me? Will you guide me? Give me a soft heart. Give me your heart. Give me your eyes. Pray as you're having conversations. Be slow to speak and quick to listen, not only to others, but to Holy Spirit. When you're talking to others, it's a weird thing, but I've learned that as I'm talking and people are sharing things with me, good or bad, or just normal, mundane, if I'm just like being prayerful and receptive, like something cool can happen there. God will give you words and how to be a good friend, how to listen, how to love. Um, pray over places. Pray over places that you stay often. Uh, I've learned that the bedroom is this place of default solitude. And that can be really good and beautiful, or it can be a place where temptation comes, anxiety comes, dark thoughts, hard things, doubt, all of a sudden, because you're just by yourself, right? Um, and that can be a place that can really fall one way or the other. I've seen it be a place of hardship for me. I've also seen it be a place of deep intimacy with the Lord. And so this may sound weird, but I would walk to my room and I would pray over it. Like, God, this is your room. Will you help this be a place of worship, of security? of intimacy. I want this to be the place where I connect with you the most, not where I doubt you the most, not where I feel like I wanna like get lured into Satan's way. Like I wanna, I wanna be with you. So I would encourage you, your car, your home, like pray over those places out loud. I think about moments where Jesus goes, hey, what's your name? When he's talking to a demon, there was this belief that if you name something, he had to submit to you. And I'm like, man, let's name our places in the name of Jesus. Like, God, this house will be a place of prayer. Will you help this place be a place of prayer? This bedroom will not be a place of temptation. And when it is, I will call on your name and you will deliver me. That's what'll happen here. I've just noticed that praying of that stuff, it really does give you power. Um, it's a real thing. All right, praying out loud is something to consider. Very helpful for my brain, might be helpful for yours. Maybe writing prayers. Before we break off into group discussion, trust the long haul life of prayer. Patience and persistence is so helpful when you're praying. God's not on our timeline, not on our schedule. Be patient, but be persistent. Don't say one prayer and then be patient for five years. Be patient, but then be persistent. Keep coming back. Keep coming back to the Lord. Like, like give it a shot. There's a lot of things that took you a long time to learn. You kept coming back, you kept trying it, and one day you looked up and you went, whoa, I'm learning this. Um, I wanted to show you guys some tools. I mean, let's, let's, go, let's do group discussion and we'll game plan from there. All right, so in your groups, why can it be difficult for you at times to press into prayer? Just what can be hard about it? It can be practical, it can be really deep, it could be I just don't make time for it, I'm distracted, it could be like oh, I have this thing in my heart, but just whatever it is, share that. And then whatever we've discussed, what is something you're interested in trying or have tried and, and you liked it, all right? So why can it be difficult? And then what's something you're interested in trying? All right, go for it, talk about it. 
All right, I got to bring us back in. Thank you guys for sharing. Get that last thought out and then come back to me. Doing great. You guys are being good sports. I, I know that five minutes of a break is not enough. Just know that I know it. But thank you guys so much for participating. This is amazing. Um, yeah, write down anything that you wanted to say. Couldn't quite get it out in time. Um, let's move into communal prayer practices, all right? Communal prayer, just praying together, literally all that means, just praying together, all right? Just praying with more than you, all right? This aspect of prayer is often overlooked, but according to scripture, it's, it's pretty powerful. Uh, Jesus himself says that where two or three gather in my name, I'm with them. He had just... <coughs> Total accident. Um, he had just finished speaking powerfully about his willingness to move in the midst of people gathering in his name. Um, we think about Acts and the Holy Spirit breaking forth on that day of Pentecost. People were just gathered in anticipation, praying together. Like it wasn't a church gathering. They were just gathered and praying uh, I think that communal prayer has been relegated to Sunday and house church, and there is a lot more, y'all, a lot more with communal prayer, just praying together in the most normal of circumstances, the most normal of moments. I just wanna free you of this. You do not have to be in a designated small group to pray with the people around you. There is more. That is a good space, a great space, but there is more, okay? Okay. Um, Invite, uh, hold on, oh, make a practice of praying for others, whether you're at a meal, on the court, in the gym, at the movies, like lit, walking on a sidewalk. Just, just be aware of Holy Spirit. Is he inviting you to pray? Do you need to ask him, hey, is there a way I can pray for you right now? No reason, I, just, I, I wanna pray for you. Like literally, that's something that's available to you. Um, you see this in Luke twenty two thirty one that we highlighted last week where Jesus says, hey, Satan, he, he's trying to sift you, Peter. Hey, he's coming for you, but I've prayed to you. I prayed for you. I prayed for you, right? And I felt God like putting this on my heart, like, hey, when Satan comes for one of your friends, will you have prayed for them? And will you have prayed with them? Like we talked last week, like prayer is a spiritual battle. It's a war. There's a real enemy. And we, and we pray and we fight that battle with Holy Spirit. And I, I just think sometimes that we're, we're missing out and there, there's an invitation into more to praying for the sake of others, that when the enemy is attacking one of our friends, how comforting to go, hey, I have prayed for you and now I'm gonna pray with you. Like, let's lock arms. There's lies here, there's deceit here, there's attack here, let's hit it. In the name of Jesus, let's pray for each other. I think there's more in these spaces. Uh, Acts 2.42 talks about the early church was marked by the devotion of prayer with one another. But one of the obstacles here is setting a new normal. It is so hard. Because normal just feels normal by default, but that is not true. Normal was set for us. We either set it for ourselves or it was set for us at some point in time. And the only way to create a new normal is to go for it, is to do it. And so I think we have to understand, you're going, how are my friends and I ever gonna pray? It's gonna start with just you taking the step. You're going, hey, wait, let's pray together. I don't know, let's try it, let's just do it. And let's do it again tomorrow like when we're hanging out. Like, let's pause the Xbox for a second. Like, Actually, is this an Xbox crowd at all? I don't know. Yeah, yes, okay, yeah, yeah, hey, hey, me too, man, golly. Used to be, not as much anymore, but still, I love it. I, I get it, I love it, yeah, Xbox is good. So anyway, pause what you're doing, pray together. But this is something that it will not, in the most beautiful situations, it'll happen organically and naturally, and it'll just ebb and flow perfectly, just like butter, right? But most of the time, I've seen this in my own friendships. 
And I got some people that love the Lord, like they love the Lord, but we, we've had to learn how to create these patterns of normally just praying together every day. Like, hey man, how you doing? Man, it's been kind of a hard day. Let's pray. What's going on? Name it. Is the enemy speaking? Like, let's pray over that. So I think there, there's more to be had communally here, praying for one another, setting the tone, setting this normal thing. And I think don't stress being smooth in this as much as you stress being authentic and just real. Like, if you're trying to find a smooth entrance to introduce prayer to a friend group that's never prayed together before, it's a bad goal. It's not gonna be smooth. Like, Holy Spirit, help me. I want this to be as efficient and smooth as possible, but that's not really the goal. The goal is to get people praying, and that may not feel smooth, but yeah, hit me. Yeah, you know, so this week, I mean, you know, we've been living in this for years, trying to do this this week. There's a lady, I thought, Spirit of God said, hey, you need to pray with her. And I thought, not just for her, with her. That was kind of the feeling, so... We're having this conversation. I don't know this lady. I said, hey, this is going to be weird. I literally, you know, introduced it that way. I said, I just thought I was supposed to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And she says, no. I said, oh, sure? She said, yes. And then I'm like, how do I get out of this? And I think it was like, well, nice to meet you. Goodbye. And that's how it ended. And so then I walk away and, and I pray for it. And I think sometimes there's this feeling in us like, what if it goes bad? It may go back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God's in all of it. He's in all of it. And if, if the only time we'll ever move is when we're guaranteed that it will go really smoothly, you will almost never move. But the greatest things in your life are just on the other side of your comfort zone. Yeah. The greatest thing in your life is right on the other side of your comfort zone. Yeah. So we sit here, so back to you guys. And are you... <laughs> hey, Dave, can we talk afterward? My next point was, it will always go smooth. <laughs> um, no, that's great, and I'll see you at the 11. And uh, that's great, all right. Golly, I gotta stop joking. I'm about to start saying 10 more. Okay, uh, so pray together. On the other side of your comfort zone, I will say that, and I will claim it as my own. Um, all right, um, a couple of invitations into our church's rhythms in this. Freedom prayer, if you haven't heard about it, this is a great thing we do. Uh, we have a team of people that are trained to pray with people for hours, which sounds crazy. It's actually incredible, and time like melts in your mind. It literally goes away. You're like, I think I've been here 15 minutes, and it's been two hours. It's incredible. But we have a team of people that want to pray for you. And if you go, hey, I want to pray. I want to pray for my friends, but there's something I need to pray for with people that I'm not quite comfortable sharing. Like, come to Freedom Prayer. Uh, sign up. If, you want, if you're interested in that, I forget. Is it ethoschurch.org? Where is it on the website? Front page. Freedom Prayer is on our front page. So sign up for Freedom Prayer. That's a great place to do that. But we believe in the power of the family of God coming together and ministering alongside of Holy Spirit for the sake of one another. Okay, it's a big deal. Um, another, I need to keep moving. So I'll tell you some more stuff later. All right? All right. Let's have a group discussion. All right? Talk to each other about your experience in regards to praying with friends in a normal setting. Like just in a normal everyday thing, what has your experience been like trying to pray with people? And maybe you haven't had one, right? But if you have, share that. Like share the awkward stuff, the hard stuff, the good stuff, all of it. What's your experience been like? And then also, does the thought of praying with friends in just a normal everyday setting sound good to you or terrible to you? And why? All right? So have you tried it? What was it like? And if you haven't, does the thought of it sound good, bad? Like, what are your feelings when you think about trying to establish prayer rhythms in the everyday life with the people you do life with? Does that make sense? Is that easy to run with? All right, run with it. Run with it, and we'll come back. Oh, we're killing the timeline. We're doing great. We're doing great. 
All right, I'm interrupting you. Bring it back, bring it back. Two things I wanna clarify real quick. When I ask you how you feel about something, I'm like, I was thinking as I was walking around, listening to everybody, wait, why am I asking that question? How, how do you feel, right? Uh, I'm not going, hey, do you feel like it or not feel like it? And that decides what you do, right? I think when we name what we're feeling, it helps us navigate how to be obedient. So when we name, I'm cynical, I'm fearful, I'm skeptical, work through that. Because the whole goal of this is obedience, right? That Matthew 7, hearing and doing, right? So when I ask you how you feel, I'm not trying to like cater to, uh, hey, if you don't feel like it, don't do it. Like, I'm saying, hey, why don't you feel like doing it? Press in there. What's going on in your heart? And then, and then ask God, how do I navigate through some of this stuff? And if you feel like doing it, then we're, we're in really good shape. You know, we're rolling. All right. So second thing, when God moves in prayer, write it down. Find a way to remember it. Book of Joshua, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the stones of remembrance that God parted the waters when your grandkids see the stones, tell them the story of what God has done. We are so forgetful. I'm literally walking around here thinking about my own prayer life and going, well, have I really seen God move? And then I, just, I was like flooded with memories of like all these different little moments in different ways that God has spoken in my life and went, whoa, I almost forgot like all eight of those like in the past like three years, like whoa. Like, and so when th something good happens, write it down. We are faint of heart or we can be. Uh, we are forgetful or at least we can be. And so finding ways to log that away to remember it, that in times of God, have you ever moved? Like we go revisit that. Does that make sense? All right, two things, there you go. <laughs> all right, I wanna show you this tool real quick, all right? All right, y'all remember this beautiful, perfectly designed logo that we, played, that we paid big money for um, that I made on Keynote. All right, uh, I wanna show you this tool. Um, it all came together pretty nice. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this little square here, okay? This is called uh, like the discipleship square. It identifies this journey that we go on anytime that we're excited about something we, we wanna step into really in any part of life, but I'm talking specifically as we're trying to grow in the Lord, right? Because we're gonna leave today, and my hope is that we're going, hey, I really wanna try some stuff. Like on the individual level, like on my own, I wanna like press into some stuff with the Lord. Uh, I learned some things. I, I got some ideas here. And on the communal level, I wanna try some stuff with my friends. And these are some things we are going to feel, okay? All right. The thing you're hopefully feeling right now is this place of desire. I can. I'm excited. Like, whoa, hey, man, I'm gonna pray for the next two weeks and the whole city's gonna change. This is gonna be amazing. Like a desire, I'm excited, God. What do you have for me? I can't wait, I can't wait. This is gonna be amazing. I'm gonna start it. It's gonna be perfect, like fire from the heavens, like eagles from the heavens just carrying me around and like, let me see an overview of the whole city. This is gonna be perfect, right? I'm just excited. None of that made sense. I won't do that again. Um, <laughs> but it's this place of desire where we go, man, I'm excited. I, I wanna try something. But inevitably, whenever we're trying something that's newer to us, like we haven't, we haven't built a life on it. We're just, we're trying something. We're trying to grow in something. We're gonna feel this, this season of despair. Uh, and this is where you go from like, hey, I can do this to, okay, I'm pretty sure I cannot do this and was never meant to do this, all right? It's over. And that's why you see that arrow. That's the eject button. It's going, let's get something different to be excited about because it definitely ain't prayer, all right? It's just something new, okay? And so that's that moment of going, I cannot do this. It's that place of resistance, uh, of foreign territory, of I can't quite get my feet here. I'm not used to this. I'm not used to feeling these things. Man, I feel so distracted. I feel so defeated. I feel so fill in the blank, right? But so often when we're right there, if we'll just take this next step and just press into discipline, 
where we go, man, I'm a feeler, I'm feeling all these things, but I'm just gonna commit to the practice of this. God, I don't feel you, where are you? I've only given this four days, but I'm already kind of out of breath. Like, okay, tomorrow I'm just gonna get back to it. I'm gonna get back to the inner closet. I'm gonna keep pressing forward in those awkward, terrible prayers of my friends that I really don't think are going well. I'm gonna keep trying. Let's just see what happens. And if we'll be disciplined, just doing it to be disciplined, to be committed to it, because Jesus says, I don't just want hearers, I want doers. Not feelers, doers. Like, I want you to do what I'm saying. I'm gonna bring you life. Just keep doing what I'm saying, right? And as we do that, as we keep pressing in, it will lead to this place of delight, all right? This place of, oh, I'm doing it. Oh my, oh God, I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing you. My mind's, I wanna be back. I'm like, I'm eager. It's like that, that cheesy person we talked about last week. It's like, oh, I just love time with the Lord. And we're like, all right, chill out. We'll get there. We will get there. We're like, I cannot wait. It's been a busy day and I don't wanna go binge on Netflix. I wanna be in the presence of my father. Oh God, it's been a busy day. Love you. Thanks for being with me. Man, God, what are you doing? What, what, what I noticed today, will you remind me? What were you doing? What, what were you at work? Man, where were you good to me? I know you were so good to me. And you'll just long to be in the presence of God. And I promise you this, on the communal level, your friend, you will build, you will cultivate this hunger for God. Like you guys will win together in the name of Jesus as you learn how to pray together, okay? Powerful stuff, all right? So we're gonna take communion together as a church. It is, uh, it's 10.30, which is awesome. You guys have been amazing. This has felt great. Are we doing okay? Was this all right? Is this a good trajectory? Because we're going to keep doing it, all right? <laughs> Make some tweaks, but it's basically going to be like this, all right? So uh, put your chairs back in rows. Let's go grab communion. Brian, I know, we're gonna, I know you're making tweaks back there. Love you. Thank you for understanding. All right.